What's up, soccer player? Welcome back to another episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the management of Osgood Schlatter. Uh, in a few, a few episodes back, we talked that we, we had a podcast on Osgood Schlatter, and he and I, we talked about our experiences with treating athletes with this condition. But we brought today a person that has a lot of experience treating athletes with Osgood Schlatter more than the two of us combined. So we decided to pick his brain today and learn a few things. All right. Let's start out very, very basic. Will a six pack help me as a soccer player? Logically, why pregame meals are important. If you do strength training, you can generate more force on the ground. It will take you less stride to get that ball. Until you get there, you can make that up with hard work and dedication and training. On top of it, right? So if you're a player that has little to no training history. Imagine the, the gains and speed that you can get in such a short period of time because you're doing things. This is why strength training is important. I don't care how you do your strength training. I don't you know some people like to go to the gym. I just wanted to double down on that really quick. The point is you have to get stronger. What's up soccer players? Welcome back to another episode of the Soccer Fitness Series Podcast. It's me Berg and my co-host Handy. Handy, how you doing today, man? Doing good, man. Bright and early here on the East Coast. Um, finished up with work yesterday, so I have off for three weeks before I move to Orlando. Um, mm. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to use this three weeks. Oh, bro, I, I got to tell you, uh, we got to practice some Crayola. I'm trying to get fluent in like three weeks. You so that, that's my goal. Three weeks? Why? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> why? Uh, why not? You know, got some time. Why is it you feeling the pressure because you were you were going to Orlando and there's gonna be a lot of Creole speaking patient there? What's no, I don't know, man. I'm I'm trying to get my my Haitian Creole game up a little bit. Um, last time living home too, so probably I hope so for a while. So I mean, trying to practice, get my game up, and yeah. But me and you, we might have to have a phone call or two. Yell at me. I already know what they say. All they do is yell at me. <laughs> How anyway, about you? What you doing? Guys, uh, uh, we have a special guest today. Um, his name is, oh, he's another one. I, I don't want to butcher your last name, but I'm going to go for it anyway. Jason Gumax. Yeah, that's, yes. that's it. <laughs> yes. Jason Gumax. We have Jason Gumax on today to talk about the management of Oscar Slaughter. Jason, tell the people a little bit about your story and how you came about to this. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm a physical therapist, been practicing since 98. I very much enjoy uh, working with young athletes. Um, so I have an undergraduate in exercise physiology, master's in physical therapy. And I uh, currently am the owner of New Direction Wellness and PT, and based in Lexington, Kentucky, but I work with uh, athletes and uh, just people in general uh, all over the world. Uh, so I've been uh, virtually to nearly 20 countries at this point, uh, specifically working with uh, Osgood Schlatter disease, uh, oftentimes in kids that have failed um, treatment multiple times, uh, including some of the most popular uh, programs for, for the condition. So it's been uh, really since the last uh, end of June uh, 2020 that I've been really actively promoting uh, this uh, program that I 
have developed. Uh, it, um, it started with a classmate of my daughter's uh, who mentioned uh, her friend having some knee pain. So I got in touch with her mom and uh, found out it was Osgood Schlatter. And she'd been to multiple orthos, multiple physical therapists. And I said, well, let's uh, meet you in the parking lot. So literally, and it took 15 to 20 minutes, uh, took a look at how she moved, gave them some things to work on. And uh, at a cookout uh, a few weeks later, uh, she said that the pain was gone. Wow. <laughs> so that's, that's how it started. And I've worked uh, you know, with athletes uh, several times. Uh, that's probably I don't know, four or five years ago. And then I just said, you know what? I need to promote this. I need to make this condition go away. And that's, that's kind of my mission right now is just changing the, um, you know, the dialogue, changing the, uh, what's typically said, you know, you need to outgrow it. It'll stop when you stop growing. And, uh, it's just not true. There are ways to deal with this simply effectively. Um, and, uh, basically very cheap because um, these kids I see them once and I said do this and it'll go away <laughs> and there's some that uh, I guess are unlucky you uh, know uh -huh. there's been one but maybe two uh, one I know has been doing the program the other one I, I don't know um, but everyone else has been successful <laughs> so basically seeing you you have found a way to manage as Slaughter without without wasting time, without wasting money, which right. is very valuable in, in, in the market right now. Uh, before we go, before we dive, this is getting interesting, before we dive into it, I, I wanted to, do, can you define as good slaughter one more time, just, just for the people who um, is sure. time listening and they don't know about it? So Osgood Schlatter is what's called an apophysitis of the tibial tuberosity. So uh, in growing, kids. Uh, there's a growth plate at the ends of the long bones. Uh, so where the patellar tendon attaches into the shin, there's a growth plate right there. And uh, the condition is uh, a disruption of that growth plate, which can cause pain. And the classic um, visual sign, you see kids talking about the bumps on their knee. They can have very pro, uh, very obvious, very pronounced uh, lumps in their knees that can be uh, very, very painful. Um, I had one kid that I worked with, I mean, literally had to use a wheelchair for like eight weeks because walking across the house would blow his knee up. And he's back to dancing. Uh, so he had to rest. Um, most of the kids that I work with, I tell them, you, know, you, don't, you don't need to rest um, as long as it's improving. But uh, the condition, I mean, in its worst uh, form, the tibial tuberosity can actually evolve or basically detach from the tibia. And at that point, it requires surgical fixation. And uh, so this is why I am adamant about do not ignore this problem. Do not let it get to the point where you have to be in a wheelchair because that can't happen. Um, and you know, by dealing with the underlying causes, uh, which is nothing to do with the knee at all, the knee is just a symptom. Uh, it's crying for help. This is why it happens. And so we need to look elsewhere because when you focus on the knee, this is when people are often unsuccessful because I've had several uh, families that have paid $2,500, $3,000 over the course of a year or two trying to get their kids' knees better, uh, like laser treatments and other things. And uh, 
most of them within two weeks are pain free. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that is, that is very, very, it's very encouraging. I think for a lot of people to hear that because even myself, um, I mean, I, I've pretty limited experience in treating this. Um, but yeah, so let me let me try something here. So it seems like the majority of physical therapy or whatever medical treatment for Oshkosh-Schlatter's for the knee really, for whatever reason, isn't targeting what it needs to. Um, why is that? Why is that? Yeah, yeah, why is that? Well, it's looking at, at the person. Um, yeah, because oftentimes I hear, well, when I work with someone, especially if they've been to PT, I'll ask them, you know, what, what do they have you doing? And it'd be like leg lifts, and um, you know, that's one of the common ones, uh, you know, stretching the hamstring uh, with your leg up a wall. And, uh, you know, most of the time I just like, stop doing that, stop doing that, stop doing that, because it's, 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 not, it's not helping. You know, last time I checked, you know, when you're playing soccer or basketball, your feet are on the ground. So we need to look at how people are moving. How are their movements overloading the knee and address those factors? And then the problem goes away. Because again, the way I describe it to the kids is like, have you ever done a group project? Say there's five or six of you and you and a friend of yours are doing all the work while the other four are goofing off. You know, who gets mad? You know, it's not the ones that are goofing off. It's the ones that are doing all the work. And that is Osgood Schlatter and patellar tendonitis and patellofemoral syndrome and Seber's disease and Achilles tendonitis and plantar fasciitis. All these problems boil, boil down to some structure is doing more than it should be. And if, if you keep treating, you know, keep beating the people that are doing all the work saying, you're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. And it, it doesn't end well. <laughs> That's an awesome analogy there. So, yeah, and it really makes sense to the kids. And then when they kind of realize that and they're happy to do what I ask them to, which really isn't all that much. I mean, the core is like three exercises. <laughs> wow. You know, this is this is very interesting. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, and this is true for a lot of things physical therapy related: back pain, shoulder pain, and yeah, the, the you know the stuff that doesn't come about as a result of a trauma or an injury. The stuff that just kind of crops up and say, like, "Hmm, what's going on here?" And usually, you need to look elsewhere because the symptomatic tissue is usually doing more than it should be. You know, there's a lot of limiting information or information that you said are not true about a good starter that's, that's, that's just been, been out there. Cause that's what I, when I, about a good starter, what I knew from a good starter is, okay, it's, it's, it's typically happened within, you know, the teenage years from like early 12 um, and up because, you know, um, kids experiencing a growth spurt. Okay. Um, bone is lengthening and the muscle is having a hard time keeping up. Uh, as a result, you get tension in the tibial tuberosity, right? But I always thought, okay, after you stop growing, it, it gets better. That, that was my understanding. And then someone messaged me on Instagram and then they were like 30 years old and they said, I still have this problem. Not right. Like, no, 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 no. 
are you sure this is this is what you have? It's like, yeah, it's like right at the bump here, you know, since I was like right. 13 and it's still there. It's, it's not going away. And I'm like, wait a second. So maybe whatever I, I read in the literature is not really updated. Yeah, um, in some of the groups out there, there are a lot of adults. Um, my thinking is that uh, at that point, because if the growth plate is fused, it can't be true Osgood-Schlatter because it's the growth plate that is the symptomatic tissue. Mm -hmm. But um, in a lot of cases, especially when it's allowed to progress, there can be fragmentation uh, of the growth plate. Um, and so you have a little hunk of bone in there and there are surgical uh, excision of this, uh, of these bones uh, can be multiple um, and uh, sometimes successful, sometimes not. Uh, but the way I envision this, and I've never worked with an adult with the condition, but um, so you have a tendon with a little bone fragment in there. And to me, it seems like it would be like a pebble in your shoe it depends on where it is. It might not cause a problem or if it's under a, you know, it's like stepping on a Lego <laughs> uh -huh. is the way I envision it. And then the other, um, you know, possibility is like a patellar tendonitis. Um, so, and again, I, I don't know. I'm just speculating with this. Yeah. So those are things that make sense to me. Yeah. I, I didn't want to believe that person one day told me that, but it, you know, uh, all the signs and, and, and symptoms. Oh, yeah. Was yeah, it's, uh, it's not uncommon for the problem, uh, or at least pain, to linger. Um, the only adult that I've worked with, uh, I mean, she only had pain when kneeling. Nothing else bothered her. So oh, wow. she had a very prominent uh, bump, and it's, again, it's kind of like, instead of the Lego being outside the knee, it's inside the knee. And so you've got that pressure directly on that. And uh, yeah, it makes sense that that would be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So just get some padding when you're kneeling down and that should really help that. But I mean, she could squat, run, do everything, no problem. So uh, that's my only experience with an adult. <laughs> you know, I know, I know you have a, you know, you, you developed this program and um, you, you're promoting it because it's you just got to get more people to do this because it's it's helping people. Uh, can you can you talk about the program a little bit more without you know giving away everything because you know you do have to sell the program. <laughs> sure, sure. So I mean, what I look at, so, so you know, I get someone, uh, I mean, pretty much in person online and. You mean age? Look at age, how they move. Graphic everything. What's that? You mean give me an age? Let's let's just let's make an avatar right now with the, the demographic, the age. Uh, so far, eleven has been the most common age, Damn. for whatever reason. Um, but I've seen kids as young as seven. Um, but you know, eleven to twelve. Um, and actually, back to one thing you were talking about, because. Most of what I work on is actually strength. And so what doesn't get talked about with growth, um, is, as you mentioned, you know, the long bones are growing, so there's more tension in, the, in the, the tissues. But the other thing that happens with growth is there's more of the athlete to control. And if they are not doing strength training as they go along, 
I, my guess is, is that is what explains the awkward teenage phase is they're not strong enough to control their bodies. It's not that they don't know how to move. It's just, you know, if you threw a 10 pound backpack on and then you started doing everything that you've been doing, it's going to be awkward because there's more of you to control. And, um, you know, so the squat is one thing I look at. How do they squat? And the number of kids that are playing high level sports and can't squat to save their lives is really astonishing. Um, and so the way I explain it is like, okay, you can't squat down. And when I say squat down, I'm talking butt to heels. Okay. That should be easy because when you're going at speed, jumping and landing, you know, you're talking two, three times the body weight, oftentimes going through one limb. So if squatting slow and under control is difficult, it's not going to get prettier as you start going fast. And uh, again, I mean, Osgood Slatter is relatively minor. You know, the same movement issues are order responsible for the non-contact ACL injuries. It's all the same. <laughs> there's really no difference. Um, and there's some athletes that are lucky um, that – do I mean perform top level college um, at a conference uh, I went to? There was a a uh, talk about uh, ACL injury prevention, and they were promoting this particular program. But they showed a uh, I forget the guy's name, but he was like a number one draft pick, and they showed a picture of I mean he wasn't even moving. And in this picture, I could tell exactly what the problem was, and then they oh, showed a picture know. of him landing. And he looked like Bambi. Yeah, he looked like Bambi. Those knees were going, yeah. Game one, boom, ACL. He's talking about um, RBG. Is it RBG3? RBG the third? Uh, RG3? RG3. Maybe, maybe. I think this This was basketball. Oh, basketball. basketball. Yeah, this was basketball. So, yeah, I I don't, I forget the detail. It's been a number of years. Um, But, you know, we've got to get the movements right. And so, you know, what I see is what I call very knee-dominant uh, jumping and landing patterns. Um, and so, basically, the hips uh, hips, and sometimes uh, often the ankles aren't contributing to the movements. And the hips especially. Uh, you know, you get the biggest joints and muscles in your body. They're not doing their job. So, not only is, you know, Osgood Slaughter a problem, but – if your hips aren't doing your job, I can guarantee the athlete isn't performing like they could. And that's one of the uh, most common feedback I get other than, you know, the kids not hurting anymore is that, you know, they're a lot quicker now. And, oh, well, yeah, because you're getting the hips to do their fair share. And, uh, yep, you're going to be quicker. <laughs> and yeah, so, and you're um, also – you're not in pain anymore. So, you know, I feel like a lot of kids actually, their, their pain tolerance is actually pretty high. And they can work through a lot. And if they're not in pain, then, you know, that opens sure, up. Yeah, there's, there's pain. definitely that, that factor for sure. Um, but uh, actually, it's just uh, last uh, last weekend, uh, a fellow had reached out to me for uh, his girl is about to be eight. And he just kind of concerned about her movements. I said, all right, we'll, we'll take a look at her. And um, <clears throat> yeah, within like a lateral shuffle, uh, I can see she was kind of, going over and she stopped and I mean within 10 seconds we had that fixed it's just 
how how to move what, what what part of your foot are you trying to use to change that direction and it's just just understanding movement and showing kids how to groove that into everyday uh, life uh, so uh, hamstrings is another one that I look at. And so people often talk about tight hamstrings and you know, some of the pictures where they get their leg up on the wall and they're sitting there hanging out. But, uh, you know, oftentimes it's just with patients, you know, you can lay them on the table and bring their leg up to 90 degrees. No problem. No problem. And ask them to bend forward. What's the difference? <laughs> What's the difference? It's not, it's not a length problem. It's a strength problem. Strength problem. And, you know, when you get your, your, you know, your golden tendon organs in there, I mean, you start firing those off, you're not going further. Okay, so one of the things I teach them is a proper hinge, okay, being able to bend forward at the hips, keep the back straight. And it's probably 95 to 98% of the kids cannot do that. And, uh, you know, you look at, you know, all right, we're going to stretch at practice, and you see a bunch of kids humped over back all rounded, touching the ground. It's like, okay, great. Uh, you then get them to straighten their back out and like, oh, I feel, feel hamstrings. So a lot of times uh, with both the squat and like a hamstring stretch, uh, it's just they feel all that tension and it doesn't feel good. And so we just compensate so we can do what we're told, touch the ground. And, uh, but in fact, you're really not doing what the intent of the exercise is. You're just substituting because it feels easier. And that's just natural for, for people. I mean, we all, to some degree, like to do what's easier instead of dealing with what we really need to do with, uh, deal with because it's hard or uncomfortable or both. Um, but again, when, when they understand like, okay, I need to do this so I don't hurt, <laughs> and they're generally very happy to do it. Or uh, to, you know, if this is going to help my performance, say I'm gunning for a scholarship or something, I'm gunning for a started, starting spot on a, on a team. I mean, um, it's, it's, it's really quite simple. It's just, you know, understanding what the, what the, what the pieces are. You know, what, what you just said basically gave me, I don't know about you, Andy, gave me more confidence in, in the work that we've been, we've been doing with the soccer fitness experience. We've been hammering strength training since the first episode. I think people are getting sure. tired of us. <laughs> every, every single time, and just hearing you mentioning about um, strengthening overall, because you know they, they have this, this thing called awkward teenage, um, teenage body. It's, it's, it's because you know, they're, not, they, they're not able to control their body because they don't have the strength. Yeah. Well, one of the popular debates is I'm like, they're 10 years old. Yep, they can lift weights. And they're like, oh, no, it's going to stunt their growth or you know, they should lift weights until they're 15 or whatever. And it's, it's just comical. It's like, do they lift a box at home? Do they lift a backpack at home? They lift the weights. <laughs> Some of those backpacks are like 50% of their body weight, for crying out loud. So, so don't tell me they can't lift weights because <laughs> they're doing it every day. <laughs> And, yeah, and they're they're throwing their brothers and sisters around too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's and it's it's funny because those same athletes or the, the the driven athletes, and it's not only that they have this problem, but you you take into account their training load. You got practice, they got clubs, and they have multiple games on top of it, and then you wonder why you know the the the, the 
how's your growth strategies just keep bothering you? It's just the training load sometimes is, 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 is insane. Have you, have you seen um, this kind of pattern happening with, with, with the training load with some of your clients? Sure. Um, but that being said, because one of the first questions, uh, you know, they'll, they'll ask, like, do I need to stop? Do I need to stop playing? Do I need to stop practicing? And I'll say, well, you just need to look at the pattern. All right. Is day to day, week to week, are we getting better? You know, keep playing. You know, <clears throat> um, it might take a little longer, but as long as the pattern is, it's getting better, getting easier, less painful. I mean, why stop? Um, you know, because rest is uh, touted as, you know, that's what you need to do. You need to rest for six months to a year. And like some of these competitive kids, I mean, like are in tears when they hear that. Because, <laughs> you know, like gymnastics and things like that. Uh, you know, I've worked with gymnasts, figure skaters. Um, and you know, it's just insane. And so what happens with the rest? I mean, not only is the muscle, I mean, everything gets weaker. And then, um you know, this was common with, you know, the whole pandemic. I mean, everybody had to rest. And uh, that was one of the things that, I heard, yeah, oh, this is great. I need to rest. And then they start playing again, and guess who's back? You know, oh, good <laughs> And so, you know, the way I explain it is we're going to get other things stronger. So the knee relatively gets a rest. So the knee, the knee isn't doing as much. So, yeah, you're resting because uh, you're getting the hips. I call it getting your button gear. And so, and yes, the hips are the big one, but also um, the uh, deficiencies in ankle strength is also uh, pretty common, especially the soleus. So for those who um, are listening, the, the calf is made up of two major muscles, the gastrocnemius and the soleus. So the one you see on the outside is the gastrocnemius and it crosses the knee. So they all lean against the wall stretch with the, uh, leg back and straight and stretching the calf. Um, the soleus, however, does not cross the knee. So we test that with the knee bent. So if you want to take a look at uh, athlete's strength, um, a normal strength test to us PTs is the ability to do 20 single leg calf raises on one foot. And so online what I do is uh, have them you know, put the whatever device on the floor and have them go up on two feet and I just put my cursor <laughs> at that point <laughs> and then just have them go up and down and when I see them start dropping below that point uh, I know that's their cutoff so it's a very scientific method indeed <laughs> but the soleus is often weak and we test that one with the knee bets and so I've had kids where they start dropping off at five or six. And the importance of that muscle is um, shock absorption. If you look at, you know, cutting, jumping, and landing, guess what's bent? The knee. So the soleus is of massive importance as a shock absorber and a force producer. I didn't think about it like that. Oh, I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start doing that now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, everything. Plantar fasciitis. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That now. yeah and well um the foot and the intrinsic muscles of the foot are huge and so especially you know it's common to keep kids in shoes all day uh, when they're infants and the beyond so those foot muscles often aren't really developed and i mean i've had uh people reach out with uh, complaints of shin splints. It's like, here, do these exercises and in like two days they're gone because <laughs> we're getting the foot 
itself to hold things up. Um, but then uh, as far as my program, getting the quad stretch right is huge. Getting what? So the quadricep stretch, you know. Okay, yeah. Well, you're at, you know, your heel of the butt and stretch the front of the thigh, uh -huh. that old stretch. And so almost without fail, well, pretty much, I don't think anybody I've worked with does that stretch in a way that they're getting the most out of it. So what, um, you know, the muscle that's really at play here is what's called the rectus femoris. And so the quad is a bundle of four muscles by its name, three of them attached to the thigh or the femur, but there's one that crosses the hip and that's the one that's the problem. Um, so, cause the other three, I mean, if you just sit with your knees to your chest and heels pulled in, there's, that's getting stretched. But the one, the rectus femoris that crosses the hip, only stretched with the knee bent and the hip extended, you know, basically straight line with the body. So what I see, um, well, what I tell the athletes to shoot for is when you're heel to butt, leg pulled back, you should see a straight line from the knee through the hip to the shoulder. But then the other moving part is the pelvis. And oftentimes when they're doing this stretch, you see that back arched forward. Yeah. And so we have to rotate the pelvis backwards and flatten the back to get the most out of that stretch. Um, and then the other thing you'll see when the ITB is tight is that leg flying out to the side. So I tell them straight line, knee, hip, shoulder, right next to the other knee, or if you bend the leg you're standing on slightly, you can even squeeze it in behind that knee. And that will also stretch the ITB, which is another tissue that often gets tightened and cause problems. And so I had a, I had a girl in North Carolina who had suffered for a year and a half. This is one that had spent like 2,500 bucks, uh, on her knee with laser and PT and ortho. I think she had taken three PTs, three orthos in that same time. And uh, getting that stretch right, the next day, she ran, next three days, I saw her on a Tuesday, she ran a half a mile in the morning through Friday. And then on Saturday, she got on the tennis court for an hour and a half and was really putting it to the test and no pain. And she's a, soccer is her, her big sport. So uh, she played basketball for school uh, over the winter. And I saw her probably mm, July, maybe August last year. And she's, and she's, she's playing soccer now. So she's, she's thrilled. But like next day, just from getting that stretch right. <laughs> wow. So as a PT and for the other PTs listening, what you're telling us is when we give someone these stretches, make sure they're done correctly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oftentimes, it sounds like you've seen a lot of people who have, quote unquote, failed PT multiple times. And what that tells me is like they weren't they weren't doing it right for whatever reason. Um, yeah, if I give someone something to do, I explain why. This is why you're doing it. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of exercises. Like I never give people leg lifts. And if they've had knee surgery, maybe. Uh, but not for something like this. Again, I mean, it's like literally three things make up the core of what I show people. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> you got to no, squat no, right, no. you got to hinge yeah. right, and you got to do the quad stretch right. Yeah. Period. 
Yeah, don't give out too much information on your program. <laughs> you know, you, you, you want to sell it. It's just all in the, well, this is how do you get those things to happen? And so I have ways that they literally can't do it wrong. Yeah. That's, that's amazing, man. Just, just, just a couple of them, just get people to do the right stretches, um, make sure they understand why they're doing certain exercise and make, and having them understand why moving this particular way is going to help improve performance. I'm, I, I take it, you know, once you, once you start talking about performance, you get a lot of buying right away. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah, I guess, I mean, who doesn't want to perform better? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we see these same problems with, you know, people with back pain. You know, they, I mean, I've worked with 30-year-olds you know, that are, you know, loading 50-pound bags into some machine and can't squat down. So how do they pick things up? They hump over and they're using their back. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, I mean, as a... As a human, you almost have a responsibility to be able to move yourself around um, efficiently just so you don't get hurt and I mean, be, have it easy to move around. It doesn't take a big investment of time. Um, just a couple times a week, work on some compound movements, squat a few times, you know, carry your kid, squat down. I mean, just make it easy on yourself. Who wouldn't want to do that, you know? And just to be able to play with, play with your kids. I mean, most of the stuff that gets blamed on old age is just not doing. You know, because I get around better than the kids I coach most of the time, and I'm 47 years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice, 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 nice. Wow, this 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 was this this was good. This was amazing. Just just you know your understanding of Ash Goodslaughter, um, and the way you. You know, your way you describe your management, it's, it's, it seems so simple and, and, and it, it's, it's great. It's great. Like it's, 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 so been, it's been really rewarding. Because um, just, uh, I mean, the, the faces of the kids. I've had parents you know, show, send me pictures of like, this is what they uh, look like participating before and then after. Uh, one, um, one girl uh, is a young dancer and she showed this picture of performing this routine. And I mean, you could just see the tension in her face. I mean, she was worried. Um, and then uh, when she actually did the performance, I mean, she was just beaming and confidence. Um, Cause that's another thing that I hear from parents just their confidence, their belief that their body can heal. Cause that's a big shot with some of the stuff that they're told by by doctors. I mean, I had a kid out in Arizona. This is one that had spent $3,000. You know, Kaiser Permanente told him, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> and and he had tried this one program, couldn't tolerate it, uh, into PT. And he, he's a baseball player, travel ball. Um, and he was doing some, some training and with a personal trainer out there. And he, um, <laughs> and he, Again, he did not have the strength to move his body around at all. Yeah. Um, and uh, within two weeks, he was 
pain-free, literally. <laughs> Jason, I don't mean to cut you off, but we got less than a minute. <laughs> we got less yeah. than a minute. Oh, yeah, see you in a thank little. You. Yeah, thank you so much, man, for, for, for sharing your experience with, with the rest of us. Sure uh, thing. I'm going to certainly apply that, that soleus strengthening um, test onto my examination from now on. Thank you very much. You gave me so much value today, man. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. All right. Beat this thing. Real quick, where can the people find you if they want to consult with you or have questions or something? So www.newdirectionwpt.com. So, or Jason at newdirectionwpt.com. All right. See you all next week.